shaking, guys. My name is Luke Dancy, and welcome to the Illusionist Magic Beyond Belief podcast. We are back this week with a brand new episode, and this one is all about you. That's right. It's not only about you guys that are listening now. I'm also live on Periscope chatting with some of my friends out there. And like I said, this episode came from a result of something that I started to do this year, which are the Twitter polls. It's a great way to get to know you because we ask questions. You have different choices you can make. And based on those answers, well, I'm starting to now tailor some of these episodes for you. Uh, Last week's Twitter poll, we'll get to the results in just a few minutes. But based on the results, this week's episode, we are going to talk about the basics. The basics. Now, I know that sounds a little vague, a little general, but what I'm going to do is we get asked a lot. Uh, you know, what books, DVDs, things do I recommend for card magic? We get the same for coin magic, we get the same for mentalism, street magic, busking, um, all these different things. So this episode is going to be all about the basics, the resources that you need for any of the genres of magic that you're interested in. So I'm going to break down some of my favorite resources for card magic, coin magic, mentalism, all the things I've been talking about. So now when people ask, this episode will be the one that they can go and check out. And this is based on the results from last week's Twitter poll, which I'll give you right now. We're going to kick off this week's episode with that. I asked last Friday, and we do this every Friday now, so keep an eye out on our Twitter feed. I pin it at the top. You can't miss it. It's the top of our feed. Last weekend's magic poll was, what do you consider yourself to be? Choose one or tell us below. Well, the four choices that I gave you guys were, do you consider yourself a magician, a card expert slash technician, an entertainer, or a hobbyist? The results are in, and they look like this. 36% of you said that you consider yourself a hobbyist. 32% of you consider yourself to be a magician. Uh, 21% of you consider yourself to be an entertainer. And 11% of you consider yourself to be a card expert or a technician. So based on those results, the majority of you out there are saying, well, not the majority, but the number one leading answer, being a hobbyist, I figured, you know what? There's a lot of you guys that are serious about this stuff, but it's not your career, so maybe you're looking for some resources. Maybe you're looking for some help on uh, where to learn more about different parts of magic that we do. Uh, and so that's why this week's episode is going to be all about you guys, based on your answers. We had 200 votes. That's how it broke down. And keep an eye on our Twitter feed over this next weekend. You never know what the uh, poll is going to be, but we definitely, definitely, definitely want to hear from you and, of course, the guys listening live, too. So those are the results. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, let's kick things off now with card magic. We are going to talk about card magic in particular. It seems to be the most popular. I also did a poll recently about what's your favorite uh, genre of magic, and card magic was number one. So I'm going to give you some basic resources, some good resources, maybe some of the people you've never even heard of. That's why I want to do this. Um, The number one um, thing that we'll always do on each one of these uh, genres of magic is what do we have in Illusionist that we can give you uh, that'll help you out learning kind of like card magic? Uh, my resource that I got to give you, if you want to learn something now because it's a download, pick up Miracle Card Magic or How to Do Miracle Card Magic uh, with Peter McKinnon, Adam Wilbur, and they'll, they'll guide you step by step on how to do uh, card magic, slights, routines with them. It's a great, great thing to start with, and those guys are great teachers. So I think you'll really enjoy that. If you're looking for like a digital resource, um, that is a good one. Now, Let's step back and go to something that I'm very, very um, fond of, which are books, and going now into card college, which if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, I sound like a broken record, but I say this stuff for a reason, because card college really is like getting an education in card magic. Um, If you're looking to start as a hobbyist, as someone that's a beginner, I definitely think that card college would be the way to go. Uh, with your card magic because you learn the basic slights, then they give you routines to do with them, 
And then they start to give you dip, more difficult slides and more difficult routines to do with those. And there's like six different volumes, I think, maybe seven now, um, of this. So start with number one and continue your journey through learning card magic. Uh, another good resource is Expert Card Technique, uh, all about card magic, slides, uh, very, very old resource, um, but a very, very good resource uh, when it comes to card magic and picking it up and, and learning it kind of like the right way. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you some names of magicians that have been around in the past uh, with card magic and that I really like to think of as people that have gotten lost through the years. So maybe take a little, uh, you know, grab your notebook, maybe jot these names down. These are people you may have not ever heard of, but I think that you should. If you're a serious student of card magic, make sure that you have on your list of people, Marlowe, Ed Marlowe, um, a brilliant thinker when it came to sleight of hand, uh, developing card routines. Um, another one, Di Vernon, that's D-A-I uh, Vernon. Uh, Di Vernon, known as the professor, well-known, very, very well-known in his day. Marlowe and, uh, Marlo and Jennings. Marlowe and Vernon, they were kind of like rivals because one was from the East Coast, the other one was from the West Coast, and there was always this kind of like unspoken rivalry between the two of them. So that's another one. Larry Jennings is one of my favorite guys. Jennings was another popular guy. Big, big, big card thinker. Published a lot of work. Um, so that's another name that you may not have heard of. Uh, that I think that uh, when you start to dig into their material, you're really going to enjoy it. Because there's a lot of stuff that you probably don't know about within the pages of their stuff. And, and some of these guys now actually have DVDs that they, they used to be VHS tapes that have now been converted into DVDs. So um, Paul LaPaul, though, I don't think there's any digital stuff of him. But um, Paul LaPaul is another one. Another favorite. Great sleight of hand. Great thinking. If you guys are like move monkeys and want to learn some stuff that no one else is doing... Check out Paul DePaul, killer, killer stuff. So when it comes to card magic, those are a few of my resources. I'll, I'll break them down just in case you missed any of them. Digital-wise, if you want to get something right now and start to dig in and, and just start having some fun, how to do Miracle Card Magic, got to check that one out. Of course, some of the older resources here at Illusionist as well. Brad Christian has broken down some of, uh, some of the stuff uh, as well, so check out some of his teaching as well. Uh, when it comes to my favorite resource of all, it's got to be Card College. Can't recommend that enough. Expert card technique, another classic, a good one. Um, you learn the stuff uh, and you learn it the right way, hopefully. And some of those names again, Ed Marlowe, Di Vernon, Larry Jennings, Paula Paul. Great, great, great thinkers. And if you really want to take your magic, your card magic, you know, to the next level, and, and you really want to be a serious student, then I think whether you're a hobbyist or a professional, it can't hurt to know the history. And, and I'm hoping that some of these names and some of these resources will be new to you. That's the whole goal of doing this. Uh, Jacopo is saying Roberto Giobi uh, had a great lecture about Di Vernon. I saw it last year. Yeah, Roberto Giobi, if you're not familiar, he is the guy that wrote Card College, the, the books I'm talking about. And I've seen him lecture as well. He does phenomenal stuff that fools the pants off the magicians in the room. It's all stuff from his books. It's all old techniques that he's now applied in different ways. And that's the thing. Unless you get to be around people like that, you never really understand... Um, the power that can come from some of that older stuff. So good call there, uh, Jacopo. Appreciate you uh, saying that. And yeah, I mean, Giobi, if you get a chance to, to see him lecture, do yourself a favor and uh, check him out. Um, yeah. So on the other side of the coin, <laughs> no pun intended here, uh, card magic is also 
it's usually like, okay, are you a card guy or a coin guy? So let's now jump into coin magic, uh, some of the resources with coin magic. Um, because a lot of people, uh, there's a lot more people, I should say. Perseus and me are watching. Ah, cool, Dwayne Paul. So Perseus, very, very cool. Of course, talking about coin magic. We got, we got Perseus watching here. Uh, of course, we've got his Pegasus project, which is one of my things on the list. Uh, you definitely should check that out. Also, the Metal Series. Um, Metal Series is a good starting point, not only with non-gimmicked uh, coin magic, but also then transitions the the volumes two and three kind of go into coin magic using gimmicks. Uh, I can't really use the names of those gimmicks here, um, but you can find them on the, the website. Um, but yeah, definitely check out that. Like I said, Pegasus um, from Perseus is a great resource. A lot of very, very solid, fun coin uh, routines and magic you know, uh, slights and things that you can play with. So uh, those are a couple of fun things to look at as well. A resource that someone mentioned earlier that I think should be mentioned again, Bobo's Modern Coin Magic. It's great for a reason. It, it is just overflowing with sleight of hand techniques, uh, moves, routines you can do with them. And there's a lot of moves in there that people don't ever, they just don't do because they don't even know they exist. Because a lot of times now it's these crazy uh, ways to clip coins behind your fingers and your hands. And people forget the basics or to learn the basics. And when you see people like David Roth, who a living legend when it comes to coin magic. When I was starting out, that was my guy. I, I studied all of his VHS tapes. Um, I, I saw him lecture. I, I even called him on the phone randomly one time to try to talk to him. I, was, I, I still remember how nervous I was. Uh, but David Roth is a name that you should know if you, if you like coin magic. There's a couple other legends. Michael Rubenstein is another good one. Jeff Latta was a legend. Um, there's also a guy. Uh, I've just seen a lot of guys do coin magic that you've never heard of because they're not coin magic doesn't seem to be as popular for some reason as card magic and i think maybe the reason is because perception is that it's harder to do than card magic because you can't just do like self-working coin tricks or uh you can't do coin magic that uses less sleight of hand um like you can with card magic and so i think people get this misconception that it has to be or that it is more difficult than it really is so if you've had this like intimidation from coin magic i think that if you check out any of those resources and you start to play with it you'll see that it's really not as difficult as you think it is and once you know the basics well then you can start converting those basics into all sorts of fun routines um so those are some of my resources i'll give them to you one more time get that pin down uh on the paper and, and write these things we got the metal series ed illusionist their downloads or dvds if you still want to grab dvds uh we've got those from eric jones um, if you've never seen him work, man, his coin magic is just silky smooth. Uh, I also mentioned the Pegasus project from, uh, Perseus. It's a download as well. So if you're looking to really get your hands, um, you know, doing coin magic right away, those are a couple of resources you can get right now. Uh, the Bobo book, I think if you are a, a experienced coin magician or new, I think it's a book that you should have. I don't think that there's any other way to say it. Um, there's also... Uh, several other resources out there. I know that there was the, uh, if, you know, like I said, David Roth, if you can find any of his DVDs that are now based off of his VHS tapes, I think you should study it. There's a lot of classic routines on there. Winged Silver, Coins Across, uh, the Flurry sequence was another really fun thing that I used to, to love doing. But uh, yeah, David Roth is definitely a name that you should be looking for uh, with Coin Magic. So yeah, you know, it's fun to explore and have fun with this stuff. That's the great part about magic is there's so many different 
areas that you can check out and, and have fun with. And I can't wait to give you this week's tip of the week in a little bit because it basically takes card magic and coin magic and it gives you a really, really fun uh, exercise to try uh, with it. So hang on tight. I'll be getting to the tip of the week very soon uh, towards the end of this episode. But I did want to say that that's coming and it's something that's really fun to try uh, if you are a coin or a card magician. Uh, so stay tuned uh, for that. Now, when it comes to uh, mentalism, Mentalism is another area that people seem to, you know, they want to explore it and they want to learn it, but they, they may not know where to start. Um, and that's why I'm doing this too. Maybe you're an experienced magician and maybe you're picking up one or two names or things. Well, that's great. Maybe you're new to this and all of this is new. Well, that's great too. Uh, I'm just trying to throw out some resources to kind of help each of the genres have you find something maybe new or a new name to check out. Uh, so with mentalism in particular, it seems to be one of the more difficult things to learn about because it's not as popular as the two that we just mentioned, which was card magic, uh, which was coin magic. Um, but mentalism is very, very popular within ma the magician world now because it seems to be uh, becoming more something that people do visually. They found visual ways now to have mentalism read instead of you just looking at someone and reading their mind. So it's kind of evolved, which is good. Um, one of my favorite resources I'm going to give you in just a minute um, is something that's a classic as well. I've tried to give you a classic for all of these things here. Um, but I think that it's something you probably never heard of. I'm just going to take a guess. However, if you're looking for something right now, at the Illusionist website, we've got Boondock Mental, which is a great thing from, uh, a great project, I should say, from Nate Cranzo. Um, it's like entry level, like easy to do, walk around uh, minimalism. And then we have from Rich Ferguson, the This is Minimalism series. I believe it's two volumes. And it's got some really fun minimalism techniques, routines you can do. Um, so those are both some good resources. If you've been kind of like thinking about minimalism as something you might want to add to, to the things that you already do, uh, those are a couple of things that you can download uh, right now and, and start checking out. Um, and I see a Twitter question, which I'll get to in just a second, because it's good that it kind of relates to where I'm going next, which is an older resource uh, for minimalism. And that is from Corinda. This is a book called 13 Steps to Mentalism. And if you, if you're, whether you're serious about mentalism or you're new to it, it's another book you should have on your shelf. It's another resource that you will find a lot of uses for. Uh, it covers the, basically the 13 different areas of mentalism, uh, the different techniques, the different plots, I guess you could say. Um, and it's been a resource that a lot of the well-known guys now have referenced as a foundation for their, uh, their knowledge. So 13 Steps to Mentalism. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever did a DVD version of it, but the book, it's very, very cheap, very easy to find. And I think that if you want to learn mentalism, get it. End of story. <laughs> also, maybe, maybe you're not familiar with this next name, but he's quite well known within the magic industry, has published a lot of work, a man named Max Maven. Max is a uh, very, very clever guy. I think his pen name is Phil Goldstein. So when he releases magic to magicians, I believe he uses the name Phil Goldstein. So uh, you might want to jot that down too, because some of the guys that have put material out kind of, they like to do that because they're more of performers than they are 
creators. And so when they're outperforming, they don't want people to be able to go online and type in their name and like, oh, that's how you did all your stuff. So I think that's why Max did that. Also a really well-known close-up guy from Canada. He's not really around much now, but Gary Kurtz. Uh, Gary Kurtz had some mentalism stuff. He, he was publishing under a, a pen name as well. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But several people do that um, as a way to protect um, the people from finding their secrets, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah. So mentalism, a really, really fun thing to try to learn, uh, to get interested in. It's a whole new world. Uh, Patrick Redford's another good one. I see Bernardo just mentioned that. Yeah, Patrick Redford, more of a modern mentalist, younger guy. Uh, we have his book called Applesauce, which has some great uh, mentalism type of stuff with cards. Uh, really, really cool stuff there. Um, and he has some nice kind of like visual mentalism. I like his style. He's a very good thinker. You know, there's a lot of good young thinkers when it comes to mentalism. Uh, Patrick Redford, uh, as Bernardo just mentioned, is a good one. Um, another Luke, <laughs> Luke Germain. The guy has literally traveled the world and continues to travel the world performing, consulting. Uh, he's got a great mind for mentalism. And he's a really young, really, really young guy. Uh, and Peter Turner is another another guy that seems to be making quite a name for himself when it comes to uh, close-up mentalism, uh, you know, cold reading and things like that. So Peter Turner is another good guy to, to, to look for. Maybe if you see him lecturing. I know Luke's doing some workshops throughout the world. I know that Peter pops up every now and then and does lectures and stuff. So... Those are some of the guys. Keep your eye out for them. And don't forget also to keep your eye out for some of those older resources and, and, and the older things like Corenda um, to, uh, to see what's going on with those things too. Will, Will Jones sent in a question through Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts on older magic? New stuff's good, but what do you think about revisiting yesteryear's tricks? Yeah, I mean, I think something we talked about last week, which was, uh, you know, I asked Will directly, when's the last time you were fooled um, with some magic? which kind of took us down the path of if you go into older resources, you're usually going to find things that are going to fool people because they're not familiar with the principles or the, um, the techniques that are being used. So I think when it comes to revisiting the stuff from yesteryear, there's an old saying that I think applies perfectly here, and that's what's old is new again. Um, you see it all the time where within Magic, the marketplace, you do see people uh, release an older plot idea like uh, recently, the moving hole plot has become popular again. It's old as dirt, um, but then magicians see this as new, and they start to all like create different versions of the same plot. So I think if you go kind of back into the literature or any of the DVD resources that you have, if you find those older things, maybe it's a really cool concept or principle that people aren't even familiar with anymore. Explore that, go in, and, and see what you can come up with uh, using that. So I think, yes, it is great. Um, to definitely look at what's new because there's a lot of evolution uh, going on within magic. You know, the, the more the technology grows, the more that um, we have to continue to evolve as magicians and, and push the envelope forward so that we're always one step ahead, if not more, than our spectators. Um, and I think sometimes we can actually do that by fooling people with the stuff that they're supposed to know, but they don't because it's not popular knowledge anymore. Um, so definitely check out some of those older uh, resources if you can get your hands on them. Um, what is this question from Twitter? Um, not really sure what they're saying, so I'm going to respond to that via Twitter while I look up my next thing here. So yeah, minimalism, check it out. Have fun with it. Um, and let me know how this stuff goes for you. Uh, 
whether it's card magic, maybe you're going to like try some new stuff or coin magic and you're, you know, you're just going to try it for the first time. Uh, let us know podcast at illusionist.com. We're always so excited to get those emails from you because you guys are progressing with your magic. You're getting better. You have questions, which means, which means that you're trying and you're working. And we love to, to you know, be there for you as a resource, not only to provide you with the latest magic uh, and try to keep giving you the best stuff uh, around, but we also want you to know that we're also there to help you to grow uh, as a magician so that it's not just the magic that we're giving you the best of, it's us and the resources that we have because we have a lot of experience throughout this team um, and... We are there to help you uh, try to, you know, become a better magician or, you know, just to uh, maybe learn something new. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. And, of course, on the socials, you know, we're out there, too. Day to day, we got it. We got the Twitter feed. We got Facebook. We got Instagram. Just check out Illusionist. We're everywhere. And uh, we love to hear from you and, and see the stuff that you're posting. So the last kind of version of magics is something I talked about a couple episodes back, but I want to touch on it again here so that we have a collective group of kind of like the main areas of magic here. And that's like the street magic, the busking magic, the type of stuff to where if you want to be someone that's out and about performing and also group in restaurant magic here, because I know that that's something a lot of people have contacted us about throughout uh, the time that I've done this podcast. Uh, so restaurant magic too. So um, to start off, Adam Wilbur on the Working Man Project had some great ideas on an advice on how to make money with magic so if you're looking for something right now once again check that out it's there it's digital and you can start learning from him right away not only is adam a gm he's also a great creator but he's also a very busy performer and that's something i don't think that enough people give him credit for because it's probably not as sexy as releasing something like pyro but he's actually out there he's a worker that's why he gets the name, The Working Man. And uh, that's also the name of the project. So check that out. If you kind of want to get into that that world, um, I think you'll enjoy it. When it comes to older kind of like resources and stuff, one of my favorites, um, more specifically for restaurant magic, was the um, Restaurant Workers Handbook. It gave a lot of great input and advice, not only on how to get a restaurant, but why you should be there and the magic, how to customize it for that type of environment. Um, so I definitely think that if, if restaurant magic has been something that you wanted to explore or try to make money with, uh, the Restaurant Workers Handbook is a great resource for you to check out, uh, as well as the magic menu. I think the magic menu should come second, just because I think that it's more about the routines that you do. The handbook I mentioned is more about how to get into the restaurant industry as a magician, get people to hire you, to have you course, keep coming back and how to keep your job because there's a lot more to restaurant magic and performing in general than just the tricks, guys. It's about your appearance, not only about how you dress, but also how you uh, take care of yourself. You know, you got to be well kept. You got to keep those fingernails trimmed. You got to, it comes all down to presentation of everything and that includes you. So always remember that too. Um, half the battle is just getting people to respect you by how you look. So you've got to look the part. Uh, as well. Another great resource for busking in particular, a couple of them. Um, we've got Cellini. Uh, Jim Cellini was a very well-known street performer, magic, uh, doing magic. Um, he's now since passed, but he had some great resources on the whole busking uh, lifestyle and, and the magic that you can do and the routines that you can do with them. Um, a guy that's still around that maybe you can see him at a lecture somewhere at a convention is Gazzo. 
Uh, Gazzo is another guy that's been around. I've mentioned him before, um, but I did, like I said, I wanted to put all this together. Gazzo is a guy that uh, there's a lot of literature from him out there. Very well-known guy within that world and has literally traveled the world with his cups and balls and, you know, his card routines. He does an insane tossed-out deck routine. Um, another really, really good uh, resource for street kind of busking and, and things like that. So it's the type of thing to where you've got to kind of find where you're at right now with your magic. Are you still kind of in the learning stages of the routines? Or are you starting to now to look at this as more of a way to how do I maybe supplement some of my income with magic? So this is a list of things to try to help you wherever you are on that journey um, as, a, as a magician. So um, covered card magic. And a resource I, I want to say again that I, I kind of tipped last week and I thought about, like, I should say it again. Uh, and if you can find any, like, the trap door stuff from Steve Beam, check it out. There's some killer card stuff and just close-up magic in general. I, I wanted to say that again because I think it's something that if you've never heard of, uh, it's, like a, it's like opening a treasure chest of magic. It's crazy, crazy cool stuff. Um, yeah, so we've covered those basic areas of magic. Of course, then there's the um, impromptu type of stuff. You know what I mean? The type of stuff to where it's like uh, situational kind of impromptu stuff. We got a lot of crazy cool stuff on the on the site. I got to say with spring coming here, stay cool is a great thing with sunglasses. If you're looking for some like offbeat magic, um, very, very cool stuff. And of course, you know, if you're looking for more stuff like that, uh, Gregory Wilson is a very, we've worked with him. He's got some killer stuff uh, for situational kind of like impromptu magic. Um, Jay Sankey is another name that pops up from time to time when it comes to that topic. Um, so those are a couple of resources and just look through our site. I mean, there's some killer stuff that you can do, uh, invisible, a way to float ring and stuff and loops. You got to have loops, you know, those are cool too. So, um, yeah. Uh, and like I mentioned to you before, there was a question, a live question about making your own tricks. Um, I think that once you have a foundation of these type of things, uh, from all any or all of these genres, I think that's when you should start to look at making your own tricks. That'll be kind of like our segue for that question. Um, I've talked about it before, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go into this too long. But making your own tricks, I think you need to ask yourself why. Is it out of necessity? Are you solving a problem with a trick that you're doing that just isn't right, uh, or are you doing it for the reason of trying to put out something on the magic market so people will know who you are? I think you need to really find why you're wanting to make your own tricks. And you need to have these resources or other resources to learn the basics of magic before you start to create tricks. Because then you're going to start stepping on people's toes that have already come before you. And you're basically going to start recreating the will, which is going to do two things. Number one, you're going to waste a lot of time. And then number two, you could potentially start releasing stuff that's not yours. And you're going to have a bad name for yourself before you ever had a chance. Um, just the reality of the way that this stuff goes. I know people now with Instagram and YouTube, they're so quick. They have this idea and they just want to share it with the world and they want to tell everyone about it. While it's great to have that type of technology available to you, it's just for me, it's, I, I, I just cringe more and more when I see people posting stuff like that. Um, even recent people, and I'm going to have this guy on very, very soon. And, and he's been, uh, we've been hanging out a lot. Uh, Kayla Morelli, you know, he's a guy, he's not even like, he's super, super young. I don't even think he's, maybe he's 25, if that. Um, Kalen put out a lot of material over the last years, and he worked with David Copperfield, and he's just a creative genius. Just because he hasn't put anything new out in like the last couple years, people are now like, they're doing his magic online, 
and they don't even know that it's his. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg of the problem of, I think, of where technology is becoming a problem for what we do because it's like, it doesn't matter where it comes from. I just want to put it out there and, and just do it. And it's like, okay, that's great. I, you know, I might sound like an old guy here, but it's like, I know we need to embrace technology, but at the same time, it's like, if that's the attitude now, then those type of people like Kalen, they're not going to put stuff out anymore. They're just going to keep it because they don't want other people just ripping them off left and right. And that's why right now he's in the midst of working on some stuff. Uh, I think he's going to do a lecture soon that is going to release some of this stuff so that he, so people will know, oh my God, that's actually Kalen's stuff. But it's a shame that he has to go down that road for people to know and to respect what he does. It's just like the, the speeding, the speed of magic now is so crazy how quick stuff is is out and then it's old and then it's out and then it's old and then it's out it's it's really really a, a bad thing in my eyes that these guys that work so hard on magic and make it an art just because they're not constantly putting out material they don't get the attention that they should be getting um, and I see that with Kalen. He's not something he said to me, but I just see it with him that here's this guy that had all this great stuff that was out and people knew who he was. And then like, oh, look, that's the guy. But now that he's kind of being quiet and working on his own stuff, it's like, well, he's kind of gotten lost, which I think is a shame. So I'll bring him on soon. We'll talk more about that later. I don't want to just dwell on this one topic, but um, definitely uh, making your own tricks is a lot of fun, but find why you're doing it. And then uh, make sure that when you do have stuff uh, that you're getting opinions from people, that know uh, whether or not these tricks are actually original or not. Um, I know that when people submit effects to illusionists in particular, it goes to our team, our creative team, and they go through uh, and, and watch and, and check out everything. And a lot of times it does come down to us just knowing that that is someone else's trick or that's something that we shouldn't release because it's too close to something else. And we pride ourselves on, you know, not doing that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Twitter poll, we did talk about that. You guys out there, consider yourself, uh, 38% of you, uh, to be hobbyists. Uh, and then, uh, was it 38 or 36? I'm just going to pull that up one more time. Uh, and then uh, 32% of you consider yourself a magician. So, you know, it's also cool. I did one recently about how long have you been a magician? And there were a lot of you out there saying between one, uh, like one year or, or less, like one year, uh, which I thought was really interesting. So that's another reason why I want to continue to do this type of stuff, because I think that um, while we have some experienced guys out there, uh, we also have a lot of newer people that are coming into magic, which is great. You know, that's how we grow. We get these new faces and these new people. Um, but we need to also, you know, be able to provide them the information that they may not know. And so that's why I really have enjoyed these polls and getting to know you guys. You know, just helps everything, helps all of us grow uh, together. Um, and then don't forget this week, we will do another poll. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you may be listening to this episode on another week, and it's not the same poll. So make sure you check out our uh, Twitter feed on the weekends. That is at Illusionist. And if you click on our profile, I always pin them at the top. So it's the very first thing that you'll see throughout the weekend. And you can put your answer in right there. I think it's now time for this week's tip of the week. This one, like I mentioned to you before, is something that people that are card guys or coin guys are going to have a lot of fun with because it's something you can actually get out and start trying and doing. So I hope you're ready for it. This week's tip of the week is being more natural. And I know that sounds a bit vague, but I'm going to give you something you can do to become truly natural with the objects that you're manipulating, whether it's coins, 
or cards or any other small object that you may be palming in particular because with card magic you're palming cards uh coin magic what are, you, what are you palming you're palming coins so something that i know that a lot of the older guys i know that jennings did this uh vernon did this and Marlowe did this they would actually go into a public place or a situation for instance like a movie forget exactly which guy it was but they would go to the movies and they would sit there and for the whole movie they would palm a card Okay, or maybe uh, I'm just going to give you an example now. Maybe you're going to go walk to the mall. So maybe when you do that, uh, if you're working on your palming, palm the card and just walk to the mall with the card. And you'll be surprised how quick you forget it's in your hand. But then you're going to realize just how natural you can start to make your hand look. Because I know a lot of times when you start to learn palming, it feels weird because you're doing something that you're not used to doing, which is palming this large object in your hand. But the more that you begin to live and breathe with it, the more that becomes natural. The same can be said for coins. If you're trying to classic palm a coin, which I know can be a bit painful at first, um, that's the type of thing where if, you, if you're classic palming a coin, I know you're going to start out, usually I'm going to show my friends on Periscope, starting out with a claw. That's what they call the claw. Uh, but then the, the more that you become uh, comfortable with it, and I'm going to grab a coin here, the more comfortable you become with it, uh, the more natural you can start to get your hand uh, to look. And right now I'm, I'm on Periscope and I'm like, you know, I'm, I've got my hand on my chin. I've got the coin classic palmed right there. And it's just one of those things to where when you become more comfortable uh, with the objects in the situations, then that is when the magic truly becomes an extension of you, a part of you. And everything that you do, the moves or the palming, it just starts to look natural, which is, I think, the whole um, the point of learning this stuff is... What would it look like if I was doing it the way that it should be done or I would normally do it? If I was really going to, for instance, put a coin into my other hand, how would I do it? Now, does it look the same when I don't really do it? And if not, then why? I think that a lot of times like when it comes to palming, I think you need to make sure that your hands look and feel as natural as they would if you were not doing that, if you're not palming anything. Uh, it's just the type of thing to where maybe you're going to palm a coin in finger palm. And you want to make sure that you're hiding the coin. So maybe put it in uh, like a Ramsey subtlety, which is kind of like uh, in between uh, your fingers, tip of your finger and where the, uh, the joint is in between there. When you curl your fingers and you put your hand up and you hold up like one finger like this, you can hide the coin inside what's known as a uh, Ramsey subtlety. And imagine yourself just having a coin there and just talking to someone and just kind of like talking with your hand. And they'll never, unless they call you out on it, <laughs> they're never going to know there's a coin in your hand. But you also get to feel this comfort with uh, the item that's in your hand. So for you card guys, I know that a lot of you out there really enjoy the sit-down table kind of stuff for your palm and stuff. Or maybe you're the type of person that, you know, you do a lot of walk around and you do like a card to pocket or whatever. You know, palming is one of those things we could do a whole episode about if you like. But I think that it's not just practicing the technique. It's also practicing being natural. And that could be said for a lot of your magic. So that's why I wanted this to be the tip of the week, because I think that there are ways to make yourself feel and look more natural just by doing these things in a non-magic setting. You know, if you're driving your car, maybe you have a coin palmed. That's not going to make you not drive okay. It's just the type of thing to where uh, you're going to just see how your your hands will feel when you're doing it. Um, and then you'll almost sort of like forget that the coin or card is there. So that's something fun you can try. I'd love to hear from you to hear how it goes for you. Um, it sounds silly, I know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, this is just something that you're all going to go and do. But at the same time, 
when you do it, I really, truly, truly, truly believe that when you do it, you're going to really see the value in it. And it's something that was passed down to me from some of my mentors, and I'm now kind of sharing this with you. So it might not be the sexiest thing in the world because you're not showing anyone a trick. You're not showing anyone your skill, your technique, but you are taking yourself to the next level uh, where you see all these other guys just doing the moves, and you can see that they're just like a robot, that it feels very uh, unnatural. And then when you do something, it looks like just it just it's fluid. I take a lot of pride myself, and I've spent a lot of time on making my double lift look the same way as a single lift. That's why I do a push off double lift, which granted it took me ten years to do or practice, so I can do it now the way that I do it without a break. But I knew that that was important to me, and so find what's important to you, and focus on it, and do it better than anyone else. You don't have to do everything better than other people. You don't have to do every single thing out there, but if you find certain things that are really, really important to you, then focus on them and do them because it's not about how much you can do, guys. It's about how well you can do it. And I know it goes back to technology. People want to continue to show stuff on their Instagram and and stuff, and it's like, I get it. You're trying to keep up, but what's going to happen to that technique after you do it and you put it online? Are Are you actually ever going to do it again? Probably not. So find what really matters and do that and you're going to kick you're going to kick so much ass because you're going to you're going to do these few things that's what's also been said about what's the difference between a professional and an amateur or a hobbyist well the professional he does maybe a dozen things very very well but someone that's just a hobbyist that's interested in it which I don't have a problem with no, don't don't get me wrong I'm not like saying that's bad they can do a lot of things but they don't do any of them exceptionally well so Kind of find out what's important to you. Are you? Do you want to be more of a serious performer or a card guy or coin guy or any of these things? Or do you want to just be someone that plows through stuff and just does it? I think it's a decision that's up to you. I'm just here to try to help guide you and to make you aware of some of these things because otherwise you're never going to think about it. That's the whole point of this. And that's why I, throughout the last few episodes, I've really, really, really been trying to get real with you. I broke down the truth about st- uh, street magic, which is one of those things to where I got a lot of great feedback from you guys because it was like something that a lot of people were not aware of that it's not a real thing. And it's not. If you didn't listen to that episode, do it. <laughs> uh, that was episode uh, number 42. That was the truth about street magic. Yeah. Very passionate about that one. Um, so, yeah. As this podcast continues to grow, I seem to become more and more comfortable just expressing my true feelings about certain things because I think that you deserve to hear it. Why, why tiptoe around certain things? It's not going to help you. It's just like when you ask someone for help with your magic. Well, if they tell you what you want to hear, does it help you? No. People should be real with you. They should be genuine, and that's what I'm going to do for you. And if you have questions for me throughout the week, well, I'll give you that email address one more time. That's podcast.illusionist.com. Use it. I'm there for you. And also, you can find me in particular on Twitter as well. That's at Luke Dancy. That's L-U-K-E-D-A-N-C-Y. I've been hearing from some of you. It's good to hear from you. And also on uh, the Illusionist accounts, very, very active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you're following. Make sure you're checking them out uh, or sending questions or just whatever. We're always doing something for you. We're always there for you. And that's something that's very important to us. Uh, Yeah, so... I've had a lot of fun on this episode. It gave me a chance to really like dig into some deep issues that I've had about, you know, people wanting to know where to find certain things or how to get started on certain things. So I really hope that some of this helped you and uh, that you found it of value. 
right? So that's why I do this. I do it because I love magic and I love doing this. I love talking about this stuff as if you couldn't tell. <laughs> so if you are not already, make sure that you do subscribe for all the iPhone users out there. It's a very easy thing in the iTunes. Just look for the Illusionist podcast, subscribe, and it'll just send these episodes every time a new one goes up, which I do take a lot of pride on that. I do this each and every week. So make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss any of those episodes. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, hey, don't sweat it. It's all good. I know a lot of you out there have Android devices. So we have SoundCloud. That's our basically where we store all of our uh, episodes. And you can download the SoundCloud app for Android devices in the Google Play Store. It's free. And you can subscribe to this podcast through uh, through there as well. Just another great way to keep up with what we're doing. Um, I do have some great interviews coming up soon for you. Um, like I mentioned, I've got Kalen that uh, I've talked to. He'd like to come on the show. Um, and some other people that were going to be releasing their, their effects. I like to get in, ask questions about the product. Is it good for these people? Is it not? Why? What is it? You're going to hear more and more about that and some other big announcements that we have here at Illusionist. So stay tuned for those as well. And uh, yeah, that's about it for me this week. I've had a lot of fun with my friends on Periscope. And I hope that my friends out there listening now, whether you're listening uh, throughout the weekend or whenever you're out there, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And uh, if you have any suggestions or feedback for us, we're always listening. And we do welcome that feedback. So don't be shy. Send that our way. We get better as a company, as this podcast. Everything is because of you guys and your input. So uh, like I said, send it our way. All right. Cool. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get back to work, but you know what to do. It's now your turn. Grab your cards and get to work. <laughs>